Welcome back to my podcast. My name is Luc de Kuster, founder of the Kuster Academy. And in this podcast, I'm going to talk about work, or better, the difference between delivering value and doing things. During my long career, I have met with many people and have seen different views on work. What is work? Most people I encountered were looking at work as doing things, like writing reports, make planning, create food labels, filling in Excel sheets, summarizing information, and many other things. Many of these tasks were repetitive and in many cases also boring. Doing things made them feel good and productive. In case they did not have things to do, they would feel bad and they would get a bad evaluation. Their tendency was to always look busy and occupied. They hardly had enough time during work hours and had to work late hours, do overtime, and sometimes even take work home. But let us have a deeper look at the reason why we work, or let's say for now, doing things. When we work, or when employees have to do work, there is a goal to fulfill. We can do things for different reasons. Let's look at doing things at home. We want to have a clean house, clean dishes, food, dessert, not really for me, clean clothes and many other things. The examples I gave you relate to the things that we do at home, relate to creating value. A clean house, clean dishes, food and so on make our lives better or give us a higher value. Companies provide work not to pay their employees, they do it to create value, hence creating products and services that will create cash flow and profits. Creating value is done by doing work, but it's far from doing things. When you are an employee in a company, you probably will not get to see the value creation part of the work and you see things as just being done. Being paid by the hour makes you focus on the working hours and not on the value you created. When I spoke with some people related to the way they were doing their work, some of them just answered that it was not their job to think, but the management should think for them. Of course, doing things creates value, but on the other hand, a lot of valuable time is lost due to just doing things. Companies tend or better should create processes to improve the work and efficiency, and process management is the driver for value creation. Process-oriented work may lead to boredom, but when the processes are properly set up, they will create more value and repetitive success. But let's concentrate on the original topic. Working in the sense of doing things may give you some satisfaction, and you may think you are doing a good job. You are not. As a manager of your team, you should identify this and take measures, or you do not want people to think. But that's also a big mistake. Perhaps you heard the story about a CEO and a CFO discussing education of the employees. Where the CEO is in favor of education, the CFO thinks it's too expensive and states that once the employees have been educated, they will leave the company. The CEO answered 
with this very simple and powerful statement. And what if they are not educated and they stay? The CEO understands that educated people will create value. Yes, there is the risk that they may leave for a better paid job. But what are the consequences when you do not educate the people and they stay in your company? How will their performance affect the company? Not educating people will be more expensive in the end. On the other hand, we know that companies providing education and training for the employees perform better and their employees may like the fact that they can develop themselves and see a career path within the company that offers them a future and not just a job. Unfortunately, some bosses and managers do not want you to work in a more efficient way for many reasons. People still tend to experience people being busy as working hard. And why would you share your expertise when it's not rewarded and the only parameter to measure performance is time and not value? How can you be rewarded in a more efficient way, a way that evaluates the value you create? Performance-based evaluation rewards people proportional to the value they create. It may be an easy statement, but it's not so easy to measure, and it's also having some disadvantages. Some years ago, I was consulting a company related to lean management, and one of the items was the work in progress or unfinished items in the process flow. Work in progress is an important parameter to evaluate process performance, and there was plenty. Each time I walked through the company with the CEO, the CEO was feeling unhappy because of the cash value of the work in progress. So I asked what the problem was and why there are so many unfinished items. He became even sadder and said, look, it's not only the quantity of these completed frames, but also the quality. More than 25% do not comply and most of them must be scrapped. The people who build the frames are paid per piece, but there is nothing stated about quality. They only care about the number of finished frames, good or bad. Performance-based pay is not always easy to implement, but there are ways to do it and that is the task of the manager to support the people and get better results for the team. Managers and people can have a compensation for efficient work and value creation, motivating them to create and find better ways to complete the work. Creating value, or let us call it work, is far more than just doing things. It's about doing the right things right. People with experience will understand that you must evaluate the tasks at hand to understand what to do and how to do it. Did you ever read the instructions manual of IKEA or other furniture that you must assemble? I see many people just starting, but reading the manual, and it's not always simple for many of us, will help you completing the work faster and more efficiently. Thinking about the best way to complete tasks may involve creating some procedures for you so the next time you get the same task, you can perform it faster. I tend to use the following rule of thumb when dealing with tasks. 
when I must do the task for the second time and I expect that it will become a repetitive task, I will develop a small application like an Excel spreadsheet where all the calculations are done automatically. When the task evolves and some variance may appear, I will improve it to include, to include these variations. At the end, it becomes very simple to do repetitive tasks. Basically, it's what larger companies do when they implement business processes. The most important thing to do is to identify what work creates value and what not. In operations, we call this value stream mapping, and we can apply the same principles to our day-to-day -day jobs. Evaluating our tasks and finding ways to do it better will help us to grow and get more knowledge. Knowledge you can transfer to a new job or get you a better position. Just working in the sense of doing work will not enrich you and will flatten your knowledge or even reduce it. A few years ago, I was in a company where an employee was entering data in a spreadsheet to calculate some parameters using a simple formula. When I observed closer, the person seemed to be very busy and working hard, but was not able to take a break and had to reduce the lunch time, work late, and even then, the work was not advancing fast enough to meet the deadline. A closer look at this made me realize that the person entered the basic data in the assigned fields of the spreadsheet and then completed the calculations on a calculator. The list was very long and it took a long time to calculate the results and entering them in the spreadsheet. I was surprised because Excel is such a valuable tool and it was designed to calculate and even very complex formulas are built in and complex calculations can be automated. When I explained how Excel could facilitate the work, the person was surprised. Can you imagine how much time was lost and how many possible errors may be in the initial spreadsheet? Showing the way how to automate the calculation and copy-paste them to all the list was an epiphany. It was such a revelation for that person. Of course, we can share some responsibility with the manager because the manager should watch over the knowledge of their staff and help them to improve. Some other interesting points related to work and efficiency can be found in the following quotes. Hire lazy people because they find the fastest and best way to do the job. Lazy people do not really want to work and they put their effort in avoiding work or better, they avoid doing things and repeating the same thing constantly. They will find ways to reduce their workload, but still complete the work on time. The second quote is similar. Give the most difficult job to the laziest person and you will get the best and easiest solution. It is the same reasoning as with the first quote. Lazy people do not want to repeat the work and they want to simplify what they do. Of course, it may not be the case for all lazy people, but I'm not the only person who has seen similar effects. Working hard is obviously not the best and most efficient way, and you should concentrate on working clever. Working hard does not give you the expected outcome in many cases, and in addition, due to the amount of work, the extra hours and the overtime, your performance will reduce. Studies have shown 
that when people work too long, their efficiency reduces. They will be slower, lose concentration, make more errors, and finally, they will just be physically present. But let us now concentrate on how to work clever and improve your efficiency. Like I mentioned before, I tend to automate the work once I expect a similar job to repeat itself or if the job involves a large amount of data with repetitive or complex formulas. Investing time to prepare the automation, for example in Excel, will lead to important savings in time. Simpler work will provide a return when the same type of work must be repeated more than three times. As you may understand, I use Excel for many things and once a spreadsheet has been completed, the work will be completed after entering the data since the calculations are probably done instantaneously. Of course, when you have very complex spreadsheets or programs with a lot of data, they may need a longer time. After finishing or after adding all the numbers to the spreadsheets, the graphs will be adjusted to the new data. All can be quickly copy-pasted into reports. In case your skills are more advanced, you can automate the data with macros and Visual Basic. When I was a company commander in the army, one of my tasks was to manage different certificates of my NCOs and soldiers. The work was not difficult but boring and a lot of information had to be maintained up to date. Failing to renew a certificate could have important consequences. To facilitate these tasks and provide more time to lead the company, I developed a macro in Microsoft Access. This was done in 1988 when the possibilities were not as advanced as today and our computers were not connected to a network. When I completed my little gadget, I just had to start a program in the morning and it would give me a list of all certificates that had to be renewed and I could work. On these prints, the information from the system was given to the people involved so that they correct it and I could adjust the data in the system, print the final paper, sign it and send it out all reducing my involvement in this process to the minimum. A similar thing happened when I was in the aviation school. Typically, we got a lot of letters from people who were interested in having their son or daughters to becoming a pilot. They sent letters and we had a new secretary, so I told her, every time you get a letter, put the information from these people in a little program that was at the time freely available. It was called Sidekick. It was a simple database. So she did this and by the time we had to send out letters to all the people, the older secretary typically took all the papers, all the letters and started to write them one by one, taking a lot of time to send out all the letters. When the time came, the new secretary came to me and she said, look, you told me when I have to send the letters, come to me. So I helped her. I looked at it. I made a standard letter together with her and we combined Sidekick with the letters and all the work was basically done in half an hour where the previous secretary was doing it in two weeks. 
More recently, I was involved in a company producing foodstuff and they had to adjust their labeling to the new law. Otherwise, they would have legal problems. After evaluating the existing way to create labels, I, I found that it was archaic, organized and full of possible errors. All labels were made per product in Word to be printed on adhesive labels. In many cases, too many labels were printed and they had to be thrown out. The new law stated that each product should have an overview of the ingredients, including indication of substances causing allergic reactions, think of gluten and peanuts, to mention two, nutrients, a barcode and other data. In addition to that, there were about 2,500 products using over 500 different ingredients and the product labels had to be available in four languages. Using the existing system, it would take a lot of time to update all the information and it would have had a catastrophic effect on sales. Instead, or starting by the word by remaking labels in work, translating, calculating, I decided to use Excel to complete all calculations. The people around me were looking at me as if I was not doing anything because I was not producing any new labels. On the contrary, I was working hard to develop a new automated system based on barcode and automated generation of all the data. Once I had the ingredients of most of the products, I could not have all because they were creating new products and combinations on a weekly basis. I started to translate the ingredients using the replace function in Excel. I also decided to work on a week to week basis and only work on the products that were programmed for production in that week instead of starting from the top of the list as many people would consider to be logical. Another element I consider was to avoid repeating words and terms that would appear on all labels by putting them in a different sheet. In one event, a new colleague, a young girl who wanted to do things, was getting very nervous because she found that we were using the wrong expression and that expression was on all labels and she thought that she would have to update all the labels. She was surprised and excited when I told her we just had to change one word and all labels would be updated automatically, all thanks to the system that was developed. What I wanted to show to you here is that thinking and evaluating the work to be done instead of jumping into it is very important and can save you a lot of time. A lot of time was won and the error rate was reduced dramatically. It was rare that labels were wrong and had to be thrown away and the related costs were reduced dramatically. People who consider working as doing things create the impression that they are working a lot. But when you look deeper, their efficiency is low due to repetitive work that does not add value and has a higher error rate. People who organize their work and find a better and more efficient way to do things may create the impression that they are doing less than the workers, but they are more efficient and valuable for the company. I hope you understand the difference between classical working or doing things and clever or efficient working. 
I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and I'm looking forward to meeting you again in the next podcast. Bye-bye.